2: Hello, everybody. I'm John Parker, and this is the BJ Thompson, and this is the Build a Better Us podcast. Today, we're talking about passion, rediscovering passion, finding passion, making sure that your passion is... Man, I couldn't come up with nothing funny, bro. Passion. That's how, Look, that's
3: and I thought you were gonna break out into the uh, fire and desire. Go ahead.
2: I was <laughs> trying. I, I, I had, I had yeah. something, but it, Go ahead, it bro. just it just it just didn't come to me. I, Go ahead. I so we're talking about passion, and maybe if I find some passion, I'll be able to give you some passion. Um Oh, no, no, no. no no, 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 no. No, that didn't sound right.
3: I don't need that passion. Carry on, Go. You sure you don't need no amount
2: passion? You don't need this thug passion? i got
3: enough. I got some thug
2: passion for you, man. I'm
3: good, bro. Carry on. All right, man. good. Carry
2: on. Go ahead. Got me sidetracked, man. I was thinking about passing out this thug passion. So passion comes in many shapes and forms, different varieties. But Today, we're just going to talk about finding passion and lead a conversation in the direction of where passion can take you in life. Um, BJ, after I got sidetracked with trying to pass this passion to you, what say you about this passion situation?
3: Yeah. um, so, So, you know, I think it's very important. We talk about how easy it is to lose your passion, right, and to want to discover it. And, you know, going through the motions day in and day out. You know, you can get so busy and so overwhelmed with, with what's happening that you kind of have this thing called your passion that you never really deal with. Um, you know, it's there, but you don't feel like you have time. And, you know, thanks to COVID-19, um, as we record this, uh, many of us are on what we call quarantine and lockdown. And so um, if you're listening to this and we're off lockdown, thankfully, that'll be that's a great thing. But um, since we are on lockdown, you know, you have enough time. I mean, people are sitting, you know, in their homes every single day, and they're wrestling through what is my thing, right? Because I'm I'm bored now. And so, long story short, I think being able to say I am able to discover something that I have, I now have time to think about, uh, and that is my passion. So yeah, open us up with an illustration, JP, uh, uh, in terms of passion.
2: Yeah. So I recently rediscovered my passion for mentoring. And you say, oh, JP, how is that possible? You're a life coach, you're a therapist. I didn't say that. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. Go ahead. Sorry. Go ahead. That Sorry. wasn't for you or about <laughs> you, Sorry. Go ahead. Sorry. Okay. <laughs> go ahead. Can I, can I continue? <laughs> anyway, um, as I was saying, um, due to life circumstances, um, 20 years of being a follower of the teachings of Jesus Christ and getting bad theology and bad ideas of what it meant to be a, to disciple people. Um, I kind of got burnt down on that, um, at work and, you know, just because, you know, I do therapy for living and counseling and life coaching. I didn't really have much space outside of my profession to kind of give to people. Then being married and having kids, small kids, I just had all of my energies being directed towards balancing things at home. So talking to people outside of work, trying to mentor people outside of my home, Uh, and trying to disciple people in a way that was effective, that made sense to me, was just something that just caught the back burner. And so when I came back to Atlanta and I saw all these young people, college age, uh, new kind of entrepreneurs, people that were kind of just young, up and coming, moving into the realm of like work and seeing the need for just regular conversation, seeing the need for just um, guidance, mentorship, um, kind of reignited my passion in that area because I realized like, man, although I got all these things going on, I have time, 5, 10, 15, 20 minutes for a conversation, maybe even an hour if I'm sitting down with somebody in are paying for breakfast. Uh, so if anybody in the Atlanta area wants to pay for breakfast or if you want to cash at me some breakfast money, uh, we can have some sit down chats. But there's a situation in which, hey, I realized like, yo, like it doesn't take much more from me to give people or to have conversation or just to be a listening ear. And once I realized like, yo, shoot, this can be done in a way that makes sense. I can engage with people. It doesn't have to be this this drawn out, contrived thing. There's opportunity to give more of myself and to kind of be a mentor to people. And once that passion got reignited, man, I just felt myself moving in a whole different trajectory on my personal and private and even my business life.
3: Yeah. um, When I think about a passion crash... I think about my desire. You you said mentoring. I would just say my desire in leadership. Right. Uh, I mentioned this before. Um, I was born to a mother at the age of 17 years old, uh, which means she had 16 years of life experience before she had me. Um, And my grandmother actually passed uh, when I was five. So she really had the source of wisdom in her life up until about 23 years old. And so you know, I'm the oldest of three and a lot of my understanding of the world was coming from a teenage mom, um, and a father who left school in the 10th grade. And so my need to lead, um, didn't start at 30. It started at six.
2: Mm, and mm, so
3: White sage. yeah, no, I had, yeah, I, I've, I've been leading for a long time. And so You know, for me, leadership was something somewhat of a responsibility early on because, again, you're in an environment, um, you're a latchkey kid, and and you just got to do something, right? You you have to. There is no way for you to exist um, in this life arrangement without leading in some capacity that's very intentional. Well, fast forward, um, got involved with, you know, kind of this new culture of community. And, you know, that's how you know it's bad when everybody says the word community over and over again. That's how you know. Listen, you. It's all I'll say is you know you need to be a little bit um, leery when you hear that word over and over again. Uh, so that's all I say. I won't say anything else. I won't be the bad cop today. I'm not Jake okay. B. I'm a good all cop right. with okay. bad cop tendencies at times. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? I, what I wanted to say is I got involved with these, and I found myself in a lot of ways. You know, not knowing the rules, not understanding what are the terms of the agreement of this leadership and doing the best that I could, but experiencing a lot of criticism. And so I think over time, what it did for me, JP, is it really made me hesitant to lead. I go, well, if you guys understand it so much and you have these things already figured out, what am I doing? Why am I trying and I think for even, it may have been a couple of years, man. I, I just, I lost my desire to want to lead. I was like, man, I, I guess this is just going to work itself out. And so when I think about passion and even just having a passion, I don't necessarily think that I was trying to lose it. I think that the circumstances of my life kind of forced me to tone it down. And fast forward five, six years later, you know, I started seeing gaps in my life and I couldn't put my finger on it. And JP was because I was no longer stepping into leadership. I was assuming someone else would, right? Um, And so then I had to then, uh, you know, again, fast forward and rediscover my passion. So yeah, that was a time of passion crash. JP, what's a a passion crash? Uh, Any other passion crash in your life that, you know, help us bring light to this?
2: Yeah, um, I recently had to have a conversation um, with my wife about being apathetic in our marriage. Okay. Due to oh, you weren't ready for that, real? No, ready? I, I was not.
3: Go ahead. Okay.
2: okay. <laughs> go, go ahead. Come on, man. Just you know, what I'm saying. What you talking about? So, um, yeah, just basically saying that due to circumstances, due to personality, due to um, just the way things were being managed. I just decided that I, you know, hey, man, you do what you need to do. I'll do what I need to do. You live your best life. I'll live my best life. And we'll see how this works out. Um, and I think for me, it was just a point of I just got tired of trying to fight to not fight like we fighting, but just like fight to institute certain things or do certain things that I thought were good for the team that maybe were only good for me. Um, and And I'm being not facetious, but in the sense of like, I, they were probably general things that were very good, but because uh, my wife didn't move that way, then they weren't good for the team. So that, I'm being political in, in my in my stance here, but I, I feel like objectively, yes, maybe these things were good, but maybe they weren't good for her. So that means they weren't good for us. You know, that's that's how people like to put things. And so for me... I was like, hey, well, I'm going to do me and you do you and I'm not going to be stressed out and get all upset and get burnt out and get bent out of shape. But after having conversation and working through things and it's like, okay, cool. If, if you want to move in a different direction, if you have some ideas, if this is what's good for you, then let's try this thing. You know, it was it was good for just reigniting that flame uh, in our relationship.
3: Good. Good. I, I love the the fact that it's not necessarily passion for a career or a a product that you want to create. Sometimes it's passion in in an important area, like your relationship, right? And, you know, when I think about, again, just this idea of passion, it can easily be discouraged. It can easily be dulled. And, and, you know, like I said, even just from my own crash of passion, it's not that there was any person or entity that was at fault. You just get tired. I mean, there just came a point where I got tired and j p it wasn't until I started seeing the consequences in my own life right again, if you live your life for the leader, it doesn't mean you don't you're never led um but you can also you know move into a place of passivity right and so one thing that I had to realize was I was no longer taking risk or had refused to take risk because I was being dictated to that you know they got it y'all really got it you you really have a corner understanding on my life how it should flow uh, or how I should operate in your space and i think at a certain point jp i had to realize listen maybe maybe the spaces that i thought you know we we should occupy we should not occupy together and sometimes you know growing your passion means stepping out of your comfort zone and stepping out of the familiar communities over there, right? Again, it doesn't always mean leaving those places, but sometimes it is. And I think you don't necessarily know what you'll need to do beforehand because you never expected to get here, right? And so, JP, I guess my question would be, how do you see people's passion either burning out or not being discovered in this culture, in this generation? So what are the things that keep people from discovering their passion or even just burning out? Um, in those things,
2: discovering passion is the burnout that happens there is, yeah, we don't we're not equipped with the tools to properly address our passions. so if if you have a situation where you're groomed in a um, spiritual environment or a you know institutional church or whatever, and people are constantly leading you in the direction of what they think you the direction they think you should be going in. Or you have a gift or a talent or a skill set and they're like, oh, well, that should be used for this. And you we allow those people because we think they're, you know, spiritual leaders or fathers or mothers, or whatever word you want to use in that situation. And we just assume they know better than we do, or we're not old enough to realize, like, nah, that ain't it, Chief. And and have that conversation. Like, hey, bro, I don't, I don't know what you thought you heard, but that ain't for me. So I apologize if you if it seems disrespectful. But we allow those those leaders to lead us in a direction that that isn't beneficial for us or isn't a passion or it isn't something that we're actually excited about um, based on them seeing something in us, right? And sometimes people do. Sometimes people do pull things out of us because we don't see ourselves and it's a good thing. But we're talking about passions being lost or going in the wrong direction. I think that's an issue there. When it comes to like work, you know, like we've talked about a bunch of times, having dead-end jobs or jobs that are meaningless to us or jobs that are just paying the bills um, or getting into careers where we Thought was a good idea, but once we got in, we realized it wasn't it. But because we x amount of dollars in debt, or we spent x amount of time in this position, you just you know go you just ride, handcuffs.
3: What'd you call it? Right? to handcuffs. Go,
2: go to handcuffs. Yeah, you just you just ride that thing out. And then on personal levels, man, we get in relationships we don't need to be in. Uh, we know we're in a relationship that we have no business being in, but we stay in it anyway. We find ourselves romantically involved with people that you know, at some point in time, we, we knew even before we became romantic that we shouldn't have, but it just feels good, or it just seems nice, or maybe we have this hope that things will get better later. So on those levels of of faith and relationship and work, we just find ourselves in these dead-end things, or these things that, that, that drain us more. And when we're in that drain, our passion is going to get depleted, or it's not going to be found, or it's going to get misplaced. And I think that's kind of An overarching theme that kind of happens in life.
3: What's interesting about losing or not discovering passion, I I think sometimes it can get lost because you've really never taken a critical investigation of your own story, your own life. I think this really plays into what you're saying about you know being told something, right? When you're told something over and over again, and you've never had the time to take ownership over what's being said, meaning that you believe it to be true based off of who you are apart from that person, um, it can be very limiting. It can be very restrictive. And you can find yourself doing things out of the you know need for survival. You talked about the golden handcuffs. Now you just take on something to make, make a little bit of something. And I think that part of the, the issue is what I see in this generation is I don't think we know ourselves. I think we know the things that we want in terms of what we believe is the closest thing that we can possess and and we desire. And we'll say that's our passion, but I don't think we know ourselves. JP, you remember growing up um, and that saying, you can be anything? You remember that? Yeah. But yeah, we just grew up in a generation that said that you can be anything you want to be. And on the surface, that sounds like a great and free thing, right? It's like, man, this is incredible that I can be anything that I want to be. Now, JP, if you can be anything you want to be, that means that, listen, that you can be absolutely nothing as well, right? So, so to possess everything is to possess nothing, right? And so what I would say is part of the reason why many of us struggle to discover our passion is because we've been told we can do everything, right? And yet possess nothing at the same time. I also think that the the other thing that I see, even in coaching, is that we have not investigated our own hunches. Um, The idea of hunches um, in this context is you kind of have a feeling that something could be something, um, but you can't put a word or uh, an activity necessarily to it. You only know a small thing. And what I would say is, I don't think that many of us have investigated the small things, the small hunches, So that when we need to take big actions, we don't have certainty, right? And when you don't do that, when you don't take risk on a small scale, to then believe that you need to take large risk, JP, can be extremely overwhelming. And I would even say unwise, right? And so how do we end up not discovering our passion? I think that part of the reason why we fail to discover our passion is because we're just we not stepping out. We are not stepping out onto the small things that we see in different times. And then we just kind of procrastinate with that thing and it just never ends up happening. And so, yeah, that's, that's what I would also say is I just think that the, the fear of taking risk and doing something, even when you don't know the full scope, keeps us from discovering, okay, this is bigger than I just like to talk and I'm I'm nosy, it's like, man, maybe I have an investigative personality that's able to communicate clearly and help people resolve complex issues, right? Um, You never take the hunch or the risk. So anything else, JP, what do you see as the, the thing that keep us from discovering our passions?
2: We take advice from people that are too far removed from who we are. And that was my polite way of the OK Boomer meme. You familiar with the OK Boomer meme?
3: OK Boomer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm very familiar. My kids do that. I start calling them baby boomers. Go
2: ahead. (laughs) (laughs) Right. So the idea is that, yes, on some level, we should seek advice from the elders. We should get wisdom. We should try to figure things out. But if someone, and we've we've said that I think we beat this illustration to death, but like if someone is saying, hey, 50 years, retire, get to watch. And we're like, yo, that is no longer a thing in the current climate of business or work or life, and we're still trying to move in that model, Mm -hmm. then we find ourselves, yeah, passionless or our passion is misplaced or it burns out or whatever the case may be because we're trying to improperly apply a model that had a time and a place to a time and a place that it no longer functions or works well in. Um, and so I think that we have to reestablish, not reestablish, but reevaluate, like take information in from all sides, but we have to be very mindful of understanding the point of view of the person or the entity or the book or the podcast or the blog or whatever it is that we're absorbing and make sure that it's applicable, um, to our current circumstance. and Oh, our current
3: this situations. is perfect, bro. Listen, this is a perfect segue. And yet that point is, is, is so good because, People are writing from their own experience. Let me give you an example of this, okay? All right, all right. There was a um, guy who was a spiritual leader who wrote a book about how you should not uh, waste the rest of your life on a beach uh, in retirement, okay? And you count seashells by the seashore, okay? (laughs) Okay. And he wrote this book to say, hey, your life could be wasted. You don't want to waste your life. And so- and the people read the book and they took it in. They said, Man, I don't want to end up at the end of my life at uh in Florida, the retirement capital for that that's the forever spring break. If you're going to retire, listen, bro, that's the senior citizen spring break center.
2: I get it. Um, I have some family that have done that.
3: But a lot of people read that book, JP, or that work, and they said, Okay, man, I don't want to, you know, squander my life on the sea with these things, right? And so. You know, what did they do? They never took seriously any type of financial investment. And because of that, now that we are moving to these places where you need to have cash reserves, you need to have potentially several streams of income, they did not realize that he was writing this book to an audience of people who had trust funds, who had savings who owned rental property, who, you know, uh, had uh, bonds and stocks and IRA. they didn't recognize that the person who was writing it was not writing it directly to their situation. (laughs) Don't want to waste my life. life, life. Hey, listen, I didn't say what what it was, but what what I'm... It just reminded me
2: that, sorry, that probably has nothing to do with it, sorry.
3: But here's what I'm saying. He was never talking to people who were descendants of slaves. He was never specifically, listen, or contextualizing for people who have been historically robbed, for people who had never been taught. He was talking to a group of people who cash in their chips at the end of their life. They have enough chips to cash in, and then they go sit on the beach all day for the rest of their life. And what I'm saying to you, JP, and this is something that we need to say to the audience, before you go and apply wholeheartedly what someone is saying, make sure that that thing is appropriate for your situation, right? This person has a background that's consistent with the circumstances that you come from, because when they're writing it, They may not have it, have you in mind or a person with your type of life or lived experiences in mind. And so one of the ways that we can end up following someone else's passion is we don't have a clear understanding of ourselves and we don't have a clear understanding of our own background and life circumstances. So that now when we need direction to grow in that passion, JP, we're following breadcrumbs as somebody that's gonna lead us off a cliff. Listen. The people who do not know trading, stocks and bonds, real estate, don't have life insurance, don't understand um, what the po- uh, having a diverse portfolio looks like in terms of owning a cash-flowing business, um, doing wholesale. All Listen, bro, they don't have to worry about going to the end of their life wasting, wasting it away on a beach. They have to worry about whether or not they'll be able to afford to bury their loved ones because they don't have insurance. Right? And so I think, and not to go on a tangent, not to be bad cop, I think that it is just as important who you listen to when trying to discover your passion and making sure that those individuals, when they're writing authoritatively, have you in mind. What you think, JP? Even, I mean, again, we're talking about discovering passion and how you can Move towards that, but sometimes you can even be distracted um, based off of sources. So, yeah, what you think, JP?
2: Yeah, you hit nail on the head. I'm glad you said <laughs> it and not me, because I don't have to get no emails or
3: somebody sweating. C John Roar. Listen, send it up to C John Roar at gmail.com. Go ahead. <laughs> Go You'll ahead.
2: get no response um, unless you're talking about you need some life coaching. Then, how at your boy. <laughs> um, But no, I mean, I think, so so it's, it's, it comes with the colonized mind, right? And so I won't be, I won't get too deep for the people, uh, because everybody's not ready for this conversation. They're not ready for it. But when your mind, when you, when you're captured, right? Um, Mm. When you have a colonized mind, you just accept anything that come across your, your desk as truth. Um, Anything that gets put in front of you as, as righteous and needed. Anything that somebody throws in front of you, and there's not enough investigation. There's not enough critical thinking. Um, part of it is we have a culture where critical thinking isn't necessary because as soon as someone as soon as you disagree with somebody, you can mute them, you can block them, you can change the channel um you can whatever, and you don't have to sit and think through uh uh objections or when somebody doesn't think the same way as you or when somebody has a difference of opinion because we just run away from those people that's just the kind of the soft generation we live in now so people don't build up those skills to be able to disseminate information to be able to disagree to be able to challenge to be able to push back and so you just accept these things because someone is telling you that this is what you should do this is what you should uh how you should live your life this is you shouldn't waste your life you should do xyz and you completely are completely misled because you again like you said you have no idea that they're not even talking about you Or not even, it doesn't apply to you. Like, it doesn't, you know what I mean? And so when we have these colonized minds, we just assume what, uh, the overseer says, uh, I was going to say Massa, but I didn't want to do it. <laughs> but it's the really the only appropriate word right now. Oh my God. Go and, ahead, and, and, and Massa comes in many different shapes and forms. But when oh. Massa says, this is what you do, you just do that because it's Massa. Like why? Like if Massa say, do it. And it's going to be people like, man, who is Massa? I need to Google Massa because he's a pretty influential <laughs> person. But when Massa tell you to do something, you do it. And that's the problem. We, we have colonized minds in work, in relationships, in our faith. We don't question things. We don't ask crit- critical questions and we just end up passion gets squandered or it gets burnt out or whatever the case may be because we're just not doing what we're supposed to be doing, bro.
3: Man, listen, let me just say this. This is very candid. I no longer take advice from people theorizing on lives they never lived before. And what, what I would say is one way to, to really understand passion or to, one way to, to know if the person guiding you understands how to develop your passion they need to be living that life right now, right? In that specific area. So again, we're talking about area specific experts. Right? If it's about money, listen, they need to have cash flow. If it's about spiritual development, they need to have this robust spiritual life that other people are attracted to. If it's me, about
2: Oh, ahead. I just with the spiritual life, bro, and it has to be a real life like expression of what spiritual life is supposed to be about, bro. It's not just fancy cars or nice suits or big platforms. It's like, bro, if their fruit and what they're saying and what they're doing doesn't align with the text that they're supposed to be, if they're not concerned with justice, if they're not concerned with equity, if they're not concerned with rights of people, if they're not concerned, bro, it ain't nothing you could tell me, bro. You can have all of that stuff going on, great platform, all that other stuff. But if you don't have these basic tenets of Old and New Testament at your disposal, and it's, 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 sorry, let me stop no no listen hey listen you got hey, to Anybody me worked
3: that up. said hey anybody trapped in a cult make sure y'all hit up JP here you go and, and, hey listen <laughs> uh, oh listen I, listen hey y'all make sure y'all hit up C. John Roar and he will give you all the life coaching you need cuz this is a this is a deeper conversation than what I'm saying so let's just go back to area experts as i was saying get back you, to my area bet. experts my bad, John Parker i will never again fall under tutelage the tutelage the leadership and surrender my will People living lives they've never lived before, and I think that one of the things that so when you're so insecure about where you come from and what you bring to the table, you will allow people who have never lived that life to communicate in a way to communicate in a way that um, you begin to not question whether or not they have the validity or the authority of the lived experience to do the things that they're doing right. And so, what I'm saying is, before you go, I mean, and this is somewhat of a pivot into practical application, before you go and give yourself over to to surrendering your will to following someone who's saying they can help you discover your passion, make sure in that area specific of life they have a consistency, a track record, and growth in that area. Apart from trying to talk to you, right? So again, you need to be living it out in order for me. To take your information and to apply it to my life, right? So it's not just, is it contextualized? Do you have an understanding on my background? So that I don't think, oh, I don't even need, need a savings account. I don't need a I don't need trust fund, right? Cause I'm gonna waste my life at the end of my life. Listen, that's misguided. That's not for me. That's for the people who have trust funds and IRAs and stock portfolio who then are able to say, Dad, I I should think about how I should do it. So make sure it's contextualized. The other thing is, make sure that the people who are leading you, um, they have the lived current growth of the thing that you really want. So if it's about parenting, again, this is the point I was trying to make. You want to grow in your passion as a parent, then you need to find someone who has a great relationship with the kids. right? If you want to grow... Um, around the ideas of your finances and, and those different things, then you need to you need to get into a relationship with people who are great financial stewards, but they also can help you grow um your portfolio. If you want to be, you know, someone who understands career and professional development, you need to be around someone who does that. And I think that discovering our passions is oftentimes surrounding ourselves with experts and reading experts, right? And so you should be reading. I don't know if there's a way around this, JP. I've I've kind of toyed with this and how do I advise and counsel? But I just don't I don't see it. I don't know how you can gain a mature understanding without mature experience and mature perspectives, right? And so I would also say practically, you know, even if you can't get access to certain people, could you say, man, I don't have, you know, said type of relationships or the whatnot? You can always pick up a book.
0: And browse all of our free resources and low-cost Bible studies at beyondordinarywomen.org.
3: Just seguing a little bit more into the application. JP, how do we um practically begin to discover our passion?
2: Yeah. uh, uh I'm gonna go through the short list for the sake of time. Nah, you got um, a list? I mean, I'm cause I'm that guy. Uh go ahead. So books for sure, um, and you can expand that out to podcasts. I mean, you got to start here being the premier idea on how to get your life together. Really spend time brainstorming uh, what it is that you are, quote unquote, passionate about. What do you find yourself daydreaming about? What do you find yourself wanting to do? What If, if, you're, if, if the world was perfect and you could do something uh, for the rest of your life and would love to wake up every day doing it, Like, what would that be? What would that look like? and then also realizing that these things can come they can it can happen like you can move your life in such a direction where you can actually do the thing that you're passionate about make money uh provide for others um create wealth you know there's this it's it's not just about like I'm going to be a lawyer because lawyers make a lot of money. Yeah, you can be a lawyer and be a philanthropist and, you know, be a certain type of lawyer. There's more than one, you know, you don't have to be a defense or, you know, there's there's different types of law that you can practice, right? Don't quit your job before you have income that you can be, Like, hey, I'm passionate. I'm about to be a rapper now. All right, bro, here we go. So now you have no income coming in and you don't have money for studio time, but you're passionate about rapping. So let's, let's keep the day job uh, until you can, you know, that rap money can replace it. Um, Give things a try first, like in terms of don't go all in and put your eggs in one basket. Like say, hey, man, I think this is something I want to do. I want to get paid to mentor people or I want to get paid to be a life coach. All right, well, let me see what I need, what credentials I need, what direction I need to go in, what information I need to have, what education do I need to get? And then give it a try. See what's going on before you just completely
3: throw your life into that thing. Practically what I would say um, to discover your passion. I think it's first acknowledging that you do have a passion. Um, you have a purpose. And I think that sometimes we can say, oh, I have a passion. It's like, no, I have one. It is, it's to be human is to have a passion, right? Um, one of the things that I think is maybe not so seen and so obvious is that JP, passion is oftentimes discovered in pain. Here's what I mean. Before you can get a clear, you know, what is my passion, you have to do an honest assessment of your pain, right? So again, When you know that, now it's like I'm moving into this passion out of conviction, not out of convenience, right? So when I even just think about this, I I mentioned briefly, you know, church hurt, being misled by shepherds and people of faith and blah, blah, blah. And you immediately responded with like, well, here is a list of things that people could do better. And it's because that passion has come out of authentic pain. It's like, no, I know this to be personal. And I don't want to see anyone relive the mistakes, the traumas, the heartache of these different things. And what I would say is probably one of the more unseen themes about passion is when you do a good job of dealing with your pain, now you know why you feel the way you feel. right? And so I would say practically, again, I know it's scary to go back and to think about, man, that hurt me But you can use that energy and discover it because it's authentic. It's like, this is authentic to me. I authentically, you know, was chased home by bullies. Um, I was authentically lost um, and needing to do something for my siblings as the responsible older sibling and had no clue what to do next. I authentically went through that thing of, you know, abuse or neglect or overlook. I authentically went through that pain, JP. And then when you see what you have authentically come from or experienced, now you build your passion around those things where it's like, I never want to see anyone abused. Here's my expression of that passion. I never again want to see another person neglected in this particular way. Here's my expression of the passion. Now you can have endless amounts Um, of energy for that passion, right? So that's the first thing I would say is deal with your pain. The second thing that I would say is find someone who has maturely displayed that passion um, in a way that's appropriate in the season, right? So if you just say, hey, I want to see people recover from abusive spiritual relationships, right? It's amazing when you can say, hey, this is how I want to do it. But you cut out the time that you need to learn when you go find people who are doing things in a way that excites you. You're like, oh, I know this trauma therapist that works with people who, you know, have overcome, you know, uh, spiritual abuse. And so now you can mirror them for a little bit, right? Again, I'm not saying mimic, uh, become somebody's, um you know, clone. What I am saying is, spend time around that entity, that person, that thing, and see what are the inner workings. How are they fleshing it out, right? Because what it'll do is, JP, it'll give you a lot of ideas. It's like, man, I'm learning how to do this, and I don't have to go through all of the the pain and the curves of those things. And so those are the two things that I would say is discover your pain and deal with your pain, but then also find a person or an entity that's doing it, and then take time, take notes, and learn from them. So anything else, JP, um, as we close, you would say to help us understand or discover our passion?
2: No, I think that's good, bro. I think we got it.
3: Yeah, so l- let's just say someone's listening and they say, man, this is a lot. I don't know where to start. JP, where can they start? Where can our audience start? Um, they need to know where to start in their passion.
2: Yeah, man. Um, Buildabetterus.com. There's a tab, get involved. Slide on down to find a coach. And once you get to the coaching, you have a plethora of options to choose from for people that are open and willing and ready to help you find said passion. That's
3: right. That's right. Yeah, because our job is to help you become a better you so that we can become a better us.
1: Thank you for tuning in to the Build a Better Us podcast. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, SoundCloud, or wherever podcasts are played. You too can become a part of the BBU Nation today by continuing these discussions on social media. Be sure to go like our Facebook page, follow us on Twitter at Build A Better Us, and on Instagram at BBU Social. To keep up with other exciting events and resources, visit our website at buildabetterus.com. On behalf of the entire BBU team, we'll see you next time on the Build A Better Us podcast.